Welcome into Jags AM. I'm Tainani Stevens. The 2023 NFL season officially over now that the Super Bowl has taken place. Jags AM is back once a week. We're going to discuss the Super Bowl and now we're going to talk about the Jaguars offseason and what they need to get done. Brian and John are with me here and let's get to our big things. Our first big thing today is going to be an uphill climb. After watching the Super Bowl, seeing those two franchises battle it out in what was a great game, but also two franchises that have been there before and continue to have success. Brian, when you watch that game, that kind of felt like the gap was widening, right? You're seeing what it's going to take to get there, and that's a lot. Well, the thing that stood out to me, Kai, was the quarterback, right? I mean, that was a great quarterback and a promising young quarterback in Brock Purdy. He's really good this year, 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns. His passer rating was 113. He was really good, and he gave his team the lead in overtime in the Super Bowl. Really impressed with Brock Purdy all season long, but... Didn't you just know that if you put the ball back in Pat Mahomes' hands, he was going to make the plays? And he did. And he had Juwan Taylor as his right tackle, right? And Juwan was one of the most penalized guys all season long. It, it didn't matter. Eight for eight on the final drive. And with the time ticking down and the Super Bowl on the line, he calmly just underhanded the pass out there to McCole Hardeman, and they won. This game is about the quarterback. It's never been more apparent. And it sets up to me, John, that this team has to do whatever it takes to build the wall, to get the guy ready to go, but to make sure that Trevor Lawrence has what it takes to reach his potential. Yeah, uh, what we saw on Sunday was the two teams that have dominated their conferences for the last five or six years. The 49ers are almost a dynasty in the NFC. They haven't won the uh, Super Bowl, so it sounds ridiculous to say that. The Chiefs, I guess they're a dynasty. Um, yes, Patrick Mahomes is the best. It's hard to beat them. But let's not panic if you're the Jaguars and say there's no way you can get there. Uh, they were close a couple of years ago. You can get there, uh, but you must get things right around Trevor Lawrence, and you must get him closer to being a guy that you trust the way you get, the way you trust Mahomes late. Can he ever get there? I don't know. Mahomes is an all-timer. Certainly is. Let's go to our second big thing, which is going to be decisions. Decisions. Now that it's the offseason, Jaguars have a lot of decisions they need to make, specifically in free agency, as Josh Allen's going to be up and, of course, Calvin Ridley. And it feels like you should make those decisions pretty easily, but getting things actually done will be interesting. John, can they bring both of them back? Like, is Josh has to be top priority, but he hasn't signed a contract yet. Well, you can bring both of them back. Um, I assume that they want to. I know they want Josh back. I, I don't have as great a feel for Calvin. I would want Calvin back because I wonder where you get 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, I don't think you, you cannot tag them both. I'd be surprised if they get long-term deals done with them both later. Uh, I don't have a great vibe for this one. I, uh, I, I think there's a good chance they can get a deal with Josh done if they want to right before the deadline and then turn around and tag Calvin fast, but uh, time's of the essence. They can get a deal done. Uh, you know, where they are with the cap right now, they make a couple of easy decisions, right? Uh, you know, Brandon Sheriff go, moves on. Uh, maybe a couple of hard decisions, too. I mean, maybe Cam Robinson doesn't come back, and that puts money in your pocket. If they want, they can get to a point where there's 60, $65 million in cap room. And it's not all going to be easy. You know, you got to take a hard look at Foyer Aluakon and his contract which is almost $23 million next year. But if they want to, they can. And look, the way the salary cap is used by teams, they will take a small cap figure in 2023.
24 and push money into 25, 26, 27, when the salary cap is going to take a major jump forward and up with the infusion of the new television money. The new television money from a few years ago, Kai, hasn't even hit the cap yet. It does next year. So they can do it, but they're going to have to do something that this general manager has been loath to do. They're going to start pushing money out into the future. He probably will stand in front of a room and tell you how they're one of the few teams that has money pushed out. But when you have a franchise quarterback, and they do, you're going to have to play that game. They can make these decisions and they can get everything done, but they're going to have to play the game a little bit differently than they have. We'll see how that plays out, of course. And now the draft is around the corner as well. Our final big thing is the road to the draft because now the Super Bowl is behind us two weeks and we'll be at the Combine looking at potential draft picks for this team. Of course, they're picking lower than they normally do last year. I think they're, um, they're going to have less picks than last year, that's for sure. But, Brian, where's the focus need to be for them? Offensive line. Uh, you're going to get tired of me saying this, but, you know, I watched the NFC Championship game and watched the way that Detroit's offensive line really controlled that San Francisco defensive front, uh, the one that gave all sorts of problems to Patrick Mahomes on a Sunday during the Super Bowl. That's a great offensive line, and it helps a quarterback in Jared Goff, who's a very good quarterback, but not an elite quarterback, play at a much higher level. They were able to run the ball, protect the quarterback, and we saw the Lions all season long. They were an explosive offense. This team must build an offensive line in front of their quarterback like that. And this is a great draft, John. There are probably nine offensive tackles who will have top 40 grades. And there are a couple of other positions on the offensive line that will be available. This is a perfect year for them to go all in on building the offensive line to help Trevor get where he needs to be. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that a bit. I uh, First round and second round in the offensive line, even, even on the interior, makes sense to me. It'll be, obviously you need to know what they're going to do in free agency before you know they're going to do that. Uh, I don't know that they'll actually go that hard toward the offensive line because it, it, you can talk about it before the draft and you sometimes don't. I think they could go corner as well in the, off in the first round. And I, and I still wonder if at some point they don't address trying to get stouter and more disruptive on the defensive interior. Okay, I, and I could see that. But here's the deal. If you keep Calvin Ridley, you don't have a second-round pick. And can you get to the third round before you find an offensive lineman in a draft where you need a tackle? I say you need a tackle because I don't think Cam Robinson's a guy that's coming back. And I don't, me, I didn't see Walker Little as that long-term solution, at least not the way that he played this season. So I don't know if you can get to the third round if you keep Calvin and not have addressed the offensive line. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you can either, but I know from experience that you talk, talk, talk before the draft, and then sometimes guys come up that get you off your plan. Yeah. And, you know, you just never know. Got to play to the board, as they always say. Stay with us here. We're going to hear from Trent Balky, what he had to say after the season, coming up right after the break here on Jags AM. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Welcome back to Jags AM. We were on a little bit of a break there, but now that the Super Bowl is behind us, we're in off-season mode, so we're back and we're going to talk a little bit about that off-season. We did hear from GM Trent Baalke. It took a couple of weeks. We didn't hear from him right after the end of the season. I think they waited until they had made a decision about their defensive coordinator, but we did hear from Trent Baalke, and he talked a little bit about making that decision about who they were going to bring in at D.C. after they decided to make some of those coaching changes. And he did say that when it comes down to it, they discussed that. But the decision comes down to Doug. 
coach owns the staff, just like they do in most places, and no different here. Uh, and I respect the decisions that he makes. I mean, we collaborate, we work together. I sat in on all the interviews. Uh, we shared our thoughts. But at the end of the day, coach owns it. And, and I respect those decisions. Brian, there are some reports that, you know, this pick at D.C. Ryan Nielsen was uh, Trent Baalke's decision and not Doug's, but they're saying, they're saying it, it can't be that yeah. because Doug's picking what his staff is, according to Trent. It can't be. I mean, it, look, general managers often have a strong indication of who would fit and guys they know around the league. But in the end, the general manager's not sitting in their game planning meetings and the general manager's not on the sideline interacting with the coaching staff on game day. So it has to be the coach. You, you can't have a dysfunctional coaching staff because the general manager got his guy and the head coach didn't get his guy. You just can't convince me that Doug didn't sign off on this one from top to bottom. So, John, what Yeah, my understanding was it was Doug's call. Uh, as Brian said, it, it, it has to be Doug's call. If it's not, uh, I can't imagine it not blowing up within yeah. a year. So. Uh, Doug's call, and it's Ryan Nielsen, and everything you hear about him is that he's a very good coach, high energy, aggressive. Uh, I guess I'm still waiting for the first defensive coordinator who's not aggressive, Ryan. <laughs> right. And, yeah, not intense. <laughs> right. And doesn't bring it on every play. Uh, I've only heard good things about him yeah. as well. Um, we also heard from Trent, obviously, a lot of questions about how things ended last season with that slide and missing the playoffs from the team. and. Trembalki really said they need to focus in on being tougher, and that starts in the trenches. When you can't run the football, uh, and later in the year you can't stop the run, that's a problem in the National Football League. Um, of all, we've always prided ourselves on being able to do that, run the football, stop the run. And uh, for whatever reason, we weren't able to do that. I think uh, there's, a little, there's a lot of moving parts to that. I don't think it's just player related. I don't think it's just scheme related. Uh, we've got to get bigger. We've got to get stronger. Uh, we've got to get more physical in the trenches. Uh, and if you want to compete for championships, you have to do that. So I think we've got some good pieces in there. We've got some good young players in there, but we've got to get better. John, no breaking news there. You've got to be physical if you want to win football games. Um, how does this team go about doing that, though? Well, to me, this was the key takeaway uh, of his press conference, and I thought it, it absolutely hit the nail on the head. Uh, at the end of last season, or really all of last season, they couldn't run when they needed to run. And at the end of, la at the, end of the season, strangely, all of a sudden they couldn't stop the run. Mm -hmm. It may be a passing league, but if you can't do those things, you can't pass effectively when it's time. Uh, how do you do it? You, well, I think they'll be better against the run because I've got to think Devon Hamilton's better totally. next year. Totally. Uh, and not his fault, the back issue, et cetera. Uh, they've got a piece there. I, I would still like to see them add another piece in the middle. I don't know if they will. Um, you draft and you get more brawler on the interior. Remember, when Doug won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, they were, because of the offensive scheme, they're always going to be passed first. That team could maul, too. Yeah. Um, you've got to be able to get a yard when you need a yard, and this team couldn't do it last year. It's just, you know, it's just throwing fuel on my fire about the offensive line. I mean, the offensive center on the most important play of the entire season was on his back at the feet of the quarterback and prevented the quarterback from reaching the ball into the end zone. I, you've got to get stronger there. That, I mean, look, 
if Ezra Cleveland is a guy that you believe is going to be your left guard, and that's the word, right? And, and Cooper Hodges is a guy they have a lot of, of belief in. they got to see it because he didn't play. Well, then what's the spot? It's the center. And when you look at Creed Humphrey and the way that Kansas City can control the center of the line, and I, I don't know that Aaron Banks is a star center, but he was a really good center on one of the best rushing teams in the last couple of years. Uh, you, you've got to be better at center. I almost stood up and cheered when he said, we got to be tougher. Yes, that was what was missing last year. And the tempo comes from the offensive line. You look at, at Jason Kelsey, right? Look at the way he took his shirt off at the game in Buffalo and was drinking beer. Yeah, he's a madman. I want a madman in the middle of my offensive line. Somebody who sets the tempo for it all. Because if this team could convert on third down and short, Trevor would be able to pull off, play action. You'd be able to take the downfield shots. It's all there in the middle of the offensive line. And that has to be fixed. It's so much an eye test thing. Kai, I know there was a time uh, late in the season we sat next to, other, next to each other in the press box. I think you said to me, or I said to you, on, on a third and one, boy, that seems like a long yard. I mean, yeah. that seems like a long yardage way, a long yardage play for this team last mm-hmm. year. Uh, that's just how it felt. It right. can't feel that way moving forward. Nope. Definitely something that needs to change. Another thing we've talked a lot about this free agency. Um, Josh Allen had a career year last year. He's going to want big money this year. Now, this is from Trent a couple of weeks ago, so some time has passed since then. But at this point, he hadn't talked to Josh Allen about the contract extension. This here's what he had to say. I know Josh wants to be here. I know we want him here. You know, can we come to a number that works for everybody? That's the that's the key, and I respect that. I, I, like I said last year with Evan's situation. You got to respect these guys that put themselves in this position. They work hard. They deserve to make good money. What that good means to them is could be different than what it means to us. So we just got to come together, sit down at the table, uh, and, and work things out. John, I'm sure the team wants Josh here. Josh wants to be mm-hmm. here. But as we know, these when you talk money, things can always get sticky. How, is it worse if this goes on longer, or should well, we hope it, to see something soon? Look, Trent got a lot of flack publicly. Oh, why hasn't he talked to him? Um, I, I'm assuming by now the sides have talked. The reality with deals like this, everything happens at, at the deadline anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, just because they hadn't talked at the time doesn't mean that they won't talk in those last two days. I, I can't tell you the number of contract situations like that I've covered when I was a newspaper guy that I've followed since I was here where you think nothing's happening nothing's happening and then all of a sudden in, in the last day and a half there's faxes back and forth remember faxes Brian oh, yeah, wow. but that uh, it, and all of a sudden a deal gets done um, he'll be here in some capacity uh, whether it's on the tag or or long term I would like to see it long term I don't know how the, um, I don't know how the sides feel about getting that number done to make that happen because I'm not involved in the conversations. Right. But I think Josh is a is a low-risk, long-term signing because I think his floor is very high. Even when he doesn't get sacks, he's a very good player. You're always going to get production and value. I'd like to see it, but I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if I was Trent's publicist before he would have gone out there, I would have said, look, there's only one answer to this. We want him here, we're working on a plan, and we will get it done. That's it. And because when he left it open, like we haven't talked yet, it was too much information and everyone wants a piece of Trent right now, right? <laughs> and so he didn't do himself any favors by giving that honest answer. He probably just should have said, we want him here, we're working on our plan, we gotta get it done. And the truth is, John, and you know this, 
is that there are a couple of complicating factors. One is the quarterback, two is the wide receiver. You have to figure out a way to work all of these contracts together. It's not just, oh yeah, we're gonna pay him. They're gonna pay him. But they have to set up a contract that is something that they can manage with all these other players that they've got to get signed and guys that they might wanna bring in in free agency. It's a complex time of year to fit all of those pieces together and they have 27 days. What's the rush? 27 days is when the new league year opens on March 11th. There's no reason to rush it. Get the right deal done. You guys have negotiated houses and cars and all of those things. It comes at the moment that you have to sign the contract. They'll get something done. There are faxes. Faxes back and forth. I thought you were going to say carrier pigeon. That's I remember the fax machine with the little tube and you put it in and it spun it yeah. before it came back. That sounds like some Jetsons That goes into stuff. the 80s, yeah. Wow, you're old. Oh, we have My dad used to sell them, so I'd sell them. Oh, gosh. All right, coming up, we've talked a lot about our free agents. We're going to talk about some other free agents that might be available, some names we're looking at, someone we'd like to see come to Jacksonville. So stay with us here. We'll go over those names after the break. Join the Jaguars 5K Stadium Challenge presented by Novo Nordisk on Saturday, February 24th, right here at Everbank Stadium. You can register at jaguars.com slash 5K. John, you going to be run the 5K? I, uh, probably not. I could. Just a slow walk? <laughs> a saunter? I, I could jog it, but uh, <laughs> me jogging it is a little bit like a walk. Okay, just a fast walk. Maybe a power walk. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, we've been talking about the free agents. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, Josh Allen, big free agent names that they need to deal with in-house. But there's going to be other players that are available as well. And each of us have picked a person that we're hoping at least, you know, maybe they can get in the building, talk to. Who's someone you would like to see added to this team? Brian, Who? where well, are you looking? I know you are always about the offensive line. Well, yeah. Line. Well, no, I, I'm all about the offensive line this year. Um, we're shooting for the stars here, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. money's no object. And, and uh, not our I'm, I'm going to so. spend Shad Khan's money here. I want Robert Hunt, the big uh, offensive guard for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, really a broad-shouldered guy, long arms, big hands, and is a guy that can settle in in pass protection, but he's a mauler in the run game. And I would love to see a big guy like that come in and compete on either side, right, with Cooper Hodges, with Ezra Cleveland, to be able to give them the attitude they need in the offensive line, right? If you are going to fix this, it has to be you're not going to keep us from getting three yards when we need to. And, and it was a surprise when he didn't get uh, – they signed a long-term another offensive lineman, didn't re-sign him, right. uh, which was sort of surprising. So uh, I liked this idea too. You'd already picked him, so right. I didn't go that way. Um, my choice was actually T. Higgins, but I don't think he's going to be available. So uh, I think that precluded a lot of us picking certain guys because I think T. Higgins is going to get franchised. Yeah. He would be the ideal to me, had, had played with Trevor. If he's out there, he might be a break-the-bank guy. Um, instead, I went with Justin Matabike. Let's do it. I got yes. that. Uh, defensive tackle for the Ravens. He's probably pie in the sky, too, to be honest with you. But he's, uh, you know, he's a defensive tackle who can disrupt in the run and get penetration uh, and get sacks. They need that. Um, I think even though they have players who are already there on the defensive line, you can sign guys and rotate. So you don't have to necessarily have a starter uh, in your spots. I would love this guy. I don't think he's gonna be available. There's a defensive tackle from Illinois and a defensive tackle from Texas, who I've been told is this guy, right? It, lower center of gravity, exceptionally quick, 
that can chase and pursue in pass rush. So maybe you take the offensive guard mm -hmm. in free agency and you spend the defensive tackle is your, your choice there at 17 if that's where you stick in the draft. But you can, these are, he's a great player. And there are a couple of guys in the draft that resemble that. They just so much need, this goes back to Trent's comments in, in the presser. Um, they felt like they didn't dictate yeah. mm -hmm. on the two fronts last year so much and that they were, you know, trying to get around that, trying to hope and figure out a way to win, even though they weren't very good there. Uh, you know, it, it's a game of big, bad, mean people who enforce their will. Yeah. They didn't do that enough. I think all of our picks, I picked a Raven as well. We're all picking teams that are going to have trouble signing all of these players because they have good teams, but they also have many of them available. So I went with Patrick Queen um, because for me, and this is not a knock on Foye Lewican, but he's on the last year of his deal. And he's very expensive as well. Patrick Queen's young. He's played on a team, and this is a big thing I've been harping on with you guys. Playing on a team that has established success and, and know, you know what that standard is, playing on a Baltimore team where they know what they need to do every single day to kind of meet that standard, specifically on the defensive side of the football. That's someone you need, and specifically at a linebacker position where you're communicating. Um, you know, we saw more than a few breakdowns between the secondary and, and the front, um, the line on the defensive side of the football. I feel like having a young, younger player, talented, and someone that knows what the standard of a good defensive football team is could be huge for this team. Um, and again, not a knock on anybody here, but just to have that longer term and have someone, a point person, that can direct kind of the quarterback, if you will, on the defensive side of the football can be huge and it would be really helpful. I'd really like to talk to the defensive coordinator, find out what he's looking for in a linebacker, sure. right? Uh, I mean, Queen is the guy who can do it all, so who wouldn't want him? I mean, he runs and chases. He's a guy who can play in coverage and even rush the passer. He's a really complete linebacker. Yeah, I'll take him. Yeah, this would be, uh, some of these we're talking about, and I think Queen fits into this category, would be a major change because you've, you would be, by definition, replacing uh, high-profile players and going in a new direction, uh, making contract sacrifices. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if realistically they'd be uh, ready to do that. Uh, but he'd be an upgrade. You mentioned that the, the Ravens and the Dolphins, these are teams that are going to have trouble signing all their players. I mean, the Jaguars are going to reach that point here pretty quickly, too. Sure. Just have to decide who it's going to be that sticks around for a little bit longer. Right. Um, stay with us here. We're going to look ahead to this offseason, what we've got coming up after the break. <laughs> That's my dog. That's my dog, man. Made me proud. Mic'd up there at the Pro Bowl games, Evan Ingram, star in the flag football there. Josh Allen's doing a little bit. And then um, our long snapper, Ross Matisic, as well. Our, our only all-pro as well. So Ross does have the bragging rights from last season. Um, we're going to get to a couple Fanatic fan questions. We have talked about some of this, but we'll go over it again. Um, of course, Fanatics has all the Jags styles. You can check out Fanatics.com. Officially licensed everything, so we'll check that out for sure. Um, one of our fan questions is in regards to Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. Can you keep both those guys? John, we talked a little bit about this, but monetarily, is that something that they can do with the kind of sign Josh franchise tag? Would that be the way to go with it? Well, you can, and there's a little bit of misconception that uh, you can't sign these guys because there's no room in the cap right now. Uh, usually when you sign guys, 
their cap number comes down from what it's projected in year one. In year one, and maybe even year two, it's just a matter of uh, you can do anything you want with the cap. Uh, the best analogy uh, that I've heard is you can do anything in the short term, but you're also putting money on the credit card, and eventually you got to pay the credit card back. Okay. So yes, they can. Uh, do they want to do that in terms of mortgaging the future? I don't know the answer to that question, but they could conceivably do that and re-sign Trevor Lawrence to a long-term deal because those initial cap numbers are going to be small. It's just a matter of how much do they love these guys in 2026 to be paying for them still. You know, um, I lived through the cap nearly imploding in 2002 here. If the Texans hadn't taken Tony Baselli in the expansion draft, uh, the Jaguars couldn't get under the cap, and, and the league didn't want to see that. Uh, it was a real problem. So for, since then, I've been very conservative about making sure that you're always protecting the future. The hell with it. Let's go. <laughs> Right. Spend There's it. so much money coming into this game now, and it's being driven by some outside forces that are just pumping even more money into this. Let's be creative. Let's go. Find a way to get them done. You can get it done, right? You may have to franchise it, but ideally you'd like to get both of them done to deals so that you don't have to mess with the franchise tag, and you've got that in your back pocket somewhere else. It just means you've got to be clever, you've got to be aggressive, and you've got to get a lot of work done in the next 27 days. Talking money still, is Trevor Lawrence someone that you look at an extension for this offseason, or do we kick the can down to next season? Oh, I, I think you try to get something done by the start of this season, but, but he may not want to because he doesn't have all the leverage based on this last year. Yeah, I think that's the tricky part. Um, yes, you'd like to. Uh, if you do it this year and the demand on the other side, and I have no idea what Trevor, I mean, I assume what Trevor wants a lot because yeah. uh, they all want a lot. But um, if you do it this year, it's, it's a hard sell right now to put him above Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. Um, at the same time, from his point of view, that's what franchise quarterbacks go for. So uh, I've been asked this a lot in the last month. I, I admit I kind of waffle on it. Yeah, they want to get it done. Somebody said, well, do it in incentives. You, you're not going to get a super, a super a no. team-friendly deal. It's just not how it works. Not from a quarterback. So uh, they really have to decide, do we believe that this guy is going to ascend to that level? Uh, I'm not smart enough to know the answer, Brian. Yeah, you know, he's going to get 56, 57 million because that's the next contract that comes in. Um, if I were him, again, I, I would think about, oh, let's find a way to get, let me prove to you in September that I am what I am, and then we'll get a deal done. But, and I think that, I'm sorry. The team can say, we love you, man, but we can't quite go to 55 right now. And he was okay before he got hurt, but he didn't get to that level to earn that 55. Not that he won't. It doesn't mean we're insulting you. It doesn't mean that, you know, both sides, I think, could probably say to each other, yeah, we kind of get it. But his agent is not going to want to come in below sure. the previous contract. That's not good for them. In Both sides can be right and not find a deal 100%, right now. Which is why if he comes out on fire in September, the Jaguars can jump and go, hey, here's what we were thinking about. You can get this deal done or you can wait, wait till next year. The, the beauty of it is, is that you have, this is his fourth season and you have the fifth year option. You don't want to get there because this is a guy that you love, you want to love, but you've got it. So you don't have to panic.
We'll have to see. That's definitely one of the big questions for the offseason. And the offseason coming up, we've got the combine in a couple of weeks. We'll be focused in on the draft, and Jagzam will be back every week here on Tuesday to talk you through all of it. So thank you for joining us. Enjoy the offseason. We'll see you next week.